a lot just happened in the NFL that's going to affect your fantasy team. Look, this is everything you need to know when heading to your waiver wires before week eight. And we'll begin with one of the top ads of the week who is available in over 50% of fantasy leagues right now. It's the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Rashi Rice, who we've talked about a bunch in the past, but it continues to get better for him. Look, Rice is now creeping towards the top five out of all receivers in the league, not just rookies, in wide receiver efficiency, his yards per route run. Because with no Justin Watson in week seven, in a game where the Chiefs dominated over four 400 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes, 300 plus in the first half. Rashi Rice operated as the wide receiver three right here. You can see 40 snaps, 30 routes run, but a team high amongst the wide receivers, seven targets. He ran just one less route and had one less snap than Sky Moore and earned five more targets. He's been a favorite target of Patrick Mahomes basically all year. This is now three straight games of 11 or more fantasy points. He continues to be among the league leaders in how often he earns a target per route he runs, and this continues to be productive. You can see five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Had a nice touchdown early in the game had a big catch when kansas city was backed up among their against their goal line for about 30 plus yards now this is pretty common for rookies we start to see their role expand as the year goes on and it's happening pretty early for him just the first six or seven weeks of the year and when you really break down rashi rice wide receiver competition in the mold of receiver mvs is an outside field stretcher we saw that with his 46 yard touchdown this past week sky Moore really hasn't done much at all last year hasn't done much sadly we hope for more this year but now it's been rashi rice He's the guy who can move the chains based on his size. He could win downfield like we saw a lot in college and in the red zone as we've been seeing this year. So he's kind of that everything can do wide receiver for Mahomes. And as we mentioned earlier, Justin Watson, yeah, he dislocated his elbow. So he's definitely going to miss some more time, probably another week or two. And by that point, Rashi Rice is probably not looking back and handing this rollback over to Justin Watson. So yes, you should probably try and prioritize the guy who's the wide receiver one. Of course, there's Travis Kelsey, but the wide receiver one in this Mahomes offense. And now we also got to talk about the Rams backfield that we continue to update all of you on on Twitter because there was a lot of things going on in this backfield heading into the week and we can start with Royce Freeman. After last week when both Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers got injured and placed on IR now both of them they ended up signing the Rams Royce Freeman to their active roster he was on their practice squad they also brought in Daryl Henderson and they brought in Miles Gaskin so there was a bunch of new running backs with sixth round rookie Zach Evans on the depth chart and the question everybody had was who's gonna see playing time people came to me for that answer look I don't know nobody knew until we started to get some reports and the reports snuck out here and there but none of them were solid until we got Adam Schefter dropping this bomb Rams rookie Zach Evans this was the morning of the games is going to be the backup behind Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson so we we filtered it down to two running backs now how is that usage going to be split up well I believe that it was probably going to be Royce Freeman that was just based on the information that we had there's some nice things said about him from Sean McVay in a press conference there was already the fact that he was on the practice squad before some of these other back running backs that they signed and then there was this right here Royce Freeman according to Jordan Rodriguez was getting the first practice reps in practice ahead of Zach Evans and Daryl Henderson. So we were just trying to piece it all together. Now it ended up not being Royce Freeman seeing every single touch or the most touches in this backfield, but he played well. Freeman took 12 carries for 66 yards. He was very efficient in this game. He just didn't end up getting the goal line touches that went to another running back that we'll talk about in just a second, but this was still solid usage and we're expecting Kyron Williams to miss at least another three games. So he's going to be involved. So in week seven, here's what Royce Freeman did specifically. He handled 43% of the snaps and 40% of the running back opportunities. Now Freeman was a rookie in 2018 drafted by the Denver Broncos and he was never really thought to be a three down workhorse maybe a pass catching back he's only gone over 100 total yards twice in his career so you're probably not getting an insane amount of upside but in this offense that looks better than expected in the Rams it's a nice bye week filler for the next few games and those few games are going to feature tough matchups against the Cowboys but then a great matchup against the Packers and solid matchups against the Rams and Cardinals that Cardinals game will be the potential spot where Kyron Williams could return but we're not yet certain if he will so Royce Freeman's worth an add and so is the other back in this backfield and that would be Daryl 
Henderson, who actually led the backfield in overall touches and yards, and he got the goal line and red zone work. And Sean McVay was speaking glowingly of Daryl Henderson. He basically said, yeah, I have so many great things to say about Henderson. He was obviously with the organization last year. And then when asked about Miles Gaskin right after that, another guy they signed off the couch to join their practice squad, he said, I don't really know Miles. That was his answer. So kind of showed you the difference in where he was feeling. So Henderson gave us some clarity. He ended up basically seeing the first two touches and then Royce Freeman would get one. He was the guy they trusted early on in the game. And ultimately, they trusted him throughout. He played 39 of 68 snaps. So the majority of the snaps, that was 57% of the snaps and handled 60% of the running back opportunities. That's a really strong role that shouldn't be on any waiver wires. And he's basically unowned right now. And this led to the performance that's going to make you want to own him in a tough matchup against the Steelers. He goes out there. He has 19 touches, 66 yards. He's never been an efficient running back. He's just been a guy who can plow and get you three to four yards, basically break up a big play here and there. And he finds the end zone. And now here's a key stat over the last three years, including this game with the Rams, Henderson has seen 15 or more touches in 16 games. They trust him. Sean McVay likes him. So until Kyron Williams returns for another three games that he has to miss mandatory since he went on IR, Daryl Henderson should be involved. And he has, of course, the same schedule that we just showed for Royce Freeman, a nice matchup against the Packers. I think he, he can get there at least based on the fact that he's seen the goal line and red zone usage more so than Royce Freeman for now. He's a bigger back against teams like the Cowboys and Seahawks who have better run defenses. He's somebody worth an ass. Now let's talk about a tight end who, even though he didn't have a great performance, you still want him. And by the way, 67% of people who watch these videos aren't subscribed to the channel. It takes two seconds to make sure that you are subscribed. It helps me out and lets you, a beautiful person, see my future content. Now that rookie tight end that I'm hinting at is Michael Mayer, who look, he's still available in over 90% of leagues and odds are your league mates won't want to add him after this week not having a good game, but we saw his usage yet again increase. He was an interesting waiver ad last week because he puts up a nice game, five catches, 75 yards, and then there were six teams on by this past week. So he was a nice bye week filler and he did absolutely nothing for people catching just two passes. But look, it's tough for rookie tight ends to even see this type of usage, let alone be consistent when you're competing with Devontae Adams, who saw the first seven targets of the game for the Raiders. That's the squeaky wheel narrative. You know, he got his oil. But Michael Mayer's usage quietly increased yet again. He played 46 snaps, but the players got pulled later in this game. He actually played the first 46 snaps of the game. He was playing 100% of the snaps in this game. And if you're not familiar, he's the Raiders second round rookie who over his final two years at Notre Dame averaged eight and a half targets per game over 800 yards each year was dominant at earning targets. You can see his season, his senior year right here, 31% of the targets. I mean, these are all elite numbers. Some of the best you'll ever see for a tight end in college. He's becoming a bigger part of this Raiders offense. And as the weeks go on for rookies, especially rookie tight ends, the job gets a little bit easier as you get more experience. And next week will be a lot easier for him. And so will these next few matchups, a matchup against the Lions on the road. The Lions give up the seventh most points to tight ends and the Giants secondary a week after that at home. Yes, that's a nice matchup against a bottom five secondary. So he's somebody that you want to keep an eye on as a breakout candidate for the second half of the season. If you need a tight end, especially with the bye weeks, not this week, but in following weeks, stash him. And then another guy worth his stash, don't yet drop him is basically my point here after he was a hot waiver wire at a couple weeks back is Julio McLaughlin. Yes, I know Javante Williams is healthy now, but let's check it out. When you're looking at the running back rotation, there's actually three guys involved, Williams, McLaughlin, and Samaji Piran. But Piran now is just being used in the two-minute offense, which means that his snaps are significantly lower and Jaleel McLaughlin's actually acting as the true backup on early downs and in other situations to Javante. And the dude just continues to be efficient. This guy is fantastic to watch. So he averages five yards per carry or nine yards per carry in this one, five carries for 45 yards. He's like shot out of a cannon every time he touches the ball. He honestly looks unbelievable. I think he's going to continue to see work and maybe even see more work than Javante Williams, who, by the way, is now dealing with multiple different injuries and recoveries since a year ago. And let me remind you about Jaleel McLaughlin. This is all you need to know. He holds the record for the most rushing yards all time in college. He did it at a couple of different schools where he transferred from. But yeah, so the question was, yeah, he did it at schools like Youngston College. Is that really going to translate to the NFL? That was a big question mark, and that's a fair point. But yeah, so far it has translated. I don't think McLaughlin will win you your week tomorrow. He's not in the greatest of 
of offenses, but he is a dynamic player. And if something happens to Javante, as we've already seen this season, yeah, he is somebody that's going to be a flex option. And speaking of somebody who can get more usage if the starter ahead of him goes down, Kareem Hunt, because the starter ahead of him just went down. Now, as of this recording, it's unclear how injured Jerome Ford is. As you can see right here, there's a video you can go ahead and watch it. We can play through it right here. Actually, he basically gets injured on this carry right here. He gets tackled in the backfield. He gets hurt. He's down. He's basically getting helped off the field after that. So it's a situation where Kareem Hunt should now see some more work. And over the past few games since he signed with this team in week three after Nick Chubb's injury, we've seen more usage for Kareem Hunt. He gets 21% of the snaps, 22%. And then in week six, a season high, 37% of the snap. He's trusted more in the red zone and in the goal line ahead of Jerome Ford in key situations. So he starts seeing more usage, but he picks up an injury. He was playing or practicing this whole week in the limited fashion. And then he barely played as a game time decision in week seven, which explains why we didn't see a lot of Kareem Hunt even after Jerome Ford got injured. Just 20 snaps was two less than backup Pierre Strong. So he comes into this game and he sees his snaps drop from 37% last week to just 27% this week. But again, it was because of injury. We have to have that context. Now, despite this, they still put Kareem Hunt in, even though he was less than 100%. And that was clear based on his usage. They put him in in key situations over Pierre Strong once Jerome Ford left the game. So this allowed him to get to 15 fantasy points because he scored multiple touchdowns, including if you watched any type of red zone or highlights, the touchdown against the Colts in that crazy game that had over 70 total points with a couple of seconds left in the clock on fourth and goal. They give it to Kareem Hunt, a banged up Kareem Hunt because they trust him. Now, again, it's unclear how injured Jerome Ford is. He has been playing great, but the injury didn't look good in terms of missing at least a week or two. And now Kareem Hunt will only get healthier and he'll have a matchup against the Seahawks, then great matchup against the Cardinals a week after that. So these are next two games. Maybe you can get some advantage as Kareem Hunt being a starter. He's not a guy who still has that elite burst and flash, but he's a guy who they trust, especially in key situations. Now, by the way, if some of these players aren't in your league because you're in one of the sicko fantasy leagues like myself, I respect you. We'll talk about a huge list of potential ads later in the video. Now, a player who has been seeing more usage, but finally got the production is the rookie Jackson Smith Majigba. He came through and is available in over 55% of leagues. He came through this past week with DK Metcalf out. And here's exactly what that looked like. 16 fantasy points, seven targets, led all the wide receivers, actually led all the players on this team with seven targets. He had a nice touchdown of 28 yards and yeah, solid fantasy day. And now, according to Pro Football Focus, these are the snap counts and routes run from the game. Believe it or not, Jake Bobo came in and basically played the DK Metcalf role. He played the most snaps, ran the most routes, saw five targets. He had a nice touchdown, a couple of nice catches down the sideline. So shout out Jake Bobo, somebody to add in much deeper leagues if DK continues to miss time. Not sure if that'll be the case. He didn't practice all week. So there's a decent chance you get one more Jake Bobo week. But Jackson Smith and the Jigba, his snaps increase. He plays just two less snaps than Tyler Lockett. He continues to see more usage on the outside where he's been far more productive this year. He actually ran one more route than Tyler Lockett. His 24 routes, Jackson Smith and Jigba, tied with Jake Bobo for the team high, had the most targets at seven. And he played 100% of the 11 personnel snaps, but also played the majority of the snaps in 12 personnel when only two wide receivers were on the field. So he played ahead of Jake Bobo is what that means, which kind of makes sense. And we were expecting production right away from the rookie, but as you can see here, he gets his wrist injury, which limits him for the rest of camp, which limits him probably for the first couple weeks of the season to get caught up to speed. But now he's gotten some breaks going his way with Metcalf missing time. And in general, his routes are increasing. We're finally starting to see that production as somebody that you need to be adding on your rosters. And speaking of rookie wide receivers that you need to be adding, and we've been yelling from the rooftops for the past month of the season to add this guy, but he's still available in over 70% of leagues. Come on down, Josh Downs, who just continues to pay off for you in fantasy. And this past week, he did it really quick with like a 50 plus yard touchdown right away in the first five minutes of the game. Look, he was a fantastic, one of the best college wide receivers the past two seasons. And that's translated to the NFL as an NFL caliber wideout. Because we just got yet again, another big day. One of the best performances, a top 10 finish amongst wide receivers this past week. He goes five catches, 125 yards. Even if you take away his big 50 yard touchdown, okay, four catches for over 70 yards. That's pretty good for who was deemed only a slot only wide receiver by many coming into this year, including myself, because that's what we saw in college. He's winning as well on the outside and downfield. And he's doing it with Gardner Minshew. Now check this out. Check out how good his usage
usage has been over the past month plus. Downs has ran over 80% of the routes in five consecutive games. So that's elite as a rookie to earn that type of a role. And he just continues to beat man coverage as an undersized rookie. And honestly, this usage should only continue. Gardner Minshew has been up and down, but they just did it against the best defense in the NFL. That's good to see. And the Colts ranked number one in hurry up offense. So they're playing at a very fast pace, which of course will also help the run game, but it's going to help the passing game when the defense is not on balance. They can't get their checks in order or substitutions in. Now, next week, he has a matchup against the Saints, which is definitely a tougher matchup. But after that, you're looking at some solid spots. You have a matchup against the Panthers, the Patriots. Those are winnable matchups. The Bucks, who have a pass funnel defense, that's also a winnable matchup. So based on everything we're seeing, we can expect the volume to continue. He has a nice connection with Gardner Minshew. At the very least, he should be on your bench to fill in in the flex for bye weeks. Now, this next rookie is somebody who might be able to join your starting lineup soon. If he can just get some better quarterback play, maybe his starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, will get back soon. And this is Jalen Hyatt from the New York Giants, the rookie. Look, over the past few games, we kind of acknowledged this last week, but this was something to keep an eye on. His routes are increasing dramatically, 59%, 60%, then 80% the last three games. His last time out on Monday Night Football, he had a big 40-yard reception called back, would have had an even bigger game. He's basically seeing his same role as college when he was targeted a lot downfield. And this is that role from college. Last year, when he was named the best wide receiver in the country, he ends up putting up almost 1,300 yards. He dominated for a four-touchdown, like 300-yard day against Alabama of all teams, 22% of the targets. So his role was basically, hey, run out of the slot, and for the most most of the time, use your speed to win deep. And his concern coming into the NFL was, hey, that's not really a role that you can just win deep in the NFL out of the slot. It's pretty hard against NFL defensive backs, linebackers, and safeties. And I think that's why he struggled at least in camp in the preseason. But now, as most rookies do, as the year goes on, he's seeing more usage. He operated as the wide receiver two for this team, a main outside receiver, running 24 routes, playing 48 snaps, second most only behind Darius Slayton on the Giants. And oh yeah, his five targets led the Giants. Now, this didn't lead to a crazy, amazing performance, but it was a good performance. Two catches, 75 yards, comes up with a big play, just missed a 40-yard touchdown in this game, had another 20-yard catch called back in this game by penalty. So again, kind of under the radar, almost like Mike Evans last week who dropped the big catch, just missed a 92-yard touchdown, and we said he's a buy low, and then he pops up this past week for a great game. This is what's happening with Jalen Hyatt, at least this week. He just had an under the radar, fantastic game on just five targets. His day is going to come soon. So the third round rookie who's a big play specialist is worth an ad, especially in deeper leagues. And another player who's worth an ad is Romeo Dobbs. And look, the Packers offense is probably not even an NFL offense right now. It is atrocious. It is what I would say probably by far the worst offense in the NFL just watching it these past two to three weeks. And that's coming out of a bye against the worst defense in the league in the Broncos. Pretty scary. But the reason why you want Romeo Dobbs is his target share should now increase because Christian Watson, as you can see right here, injured his knee late. And there's a lot of potential scary things here. Concern for an ACL and MCL is what Sports MD Analysis says. A best case scenario would be a bone bruise or an MCL, which would be an average of a two to three week recovery. This team has already had their bye week. So this means he's going to definitely miss two or three games if this analysis is true. Now, the reason why that is beneficial to Romeo Dobbs is he'll just see more of the target share. And he's been a favorite target when there was no Watson out there or limited for Jordan Love this year. Now, it didn't necessarily happen this past week because Watson got injured so late, but we did see Romeo Dobbs yet again find the end zone, the favorite red zone target in this offense and for Jordan Love, two catches, 30 yards. But here's what he's done when he's seen the majority of the workload and target share without Watson. That would be four games, three, which Watson was just not out there for, one where he was limited. And look at this. He was running 20, 21, then 43, 37, so over 30 routes per game, basically every route for the team. He was banged up, by the way, in week one and week two, so that's why there's a little bit of a limitation there. But over his final two games, when he was actually healthy in week three and week four with Watson out or limited, 24 total targets, eight targets per game over the first four weeks of the season. I don't think Romeo Dobbs is the sexiest of players, but he's definitely improved, especially in the red zone and with the jump ball, his hands in general. He's somebody that, you know, can be a flex option for you when you need him to. And his schedule at least looks better, but it was just fantastic, and they still couldn't do it. I mean, they just had matchups against the Raiders 
Raiders and Broncos and couldn't do anything. So even these beneficial matchups against the Vikings, Rams, Steelers, and Chargers, literally these last three names, the Rams, Steelers, and Chargers, bottom five to bottom 10 secondaries, you really can't trust Romeo Dobbs because of his quarterback, but there's a chance there could be a change. So in your deeper leagues, this is going to be a wide receiver one now seeing more usage. Similar things can be said for Jaden Reed to a lesser extent. He should now get a little bit of a bump, maybe starts to see some more usage in two wide receiver sets. So Romeo Dobbs is somebody who's worth an ad. Now something that you definitely want to grab is the fantasy blueprint. You can see right here, if your goal is to win your matchup this week and your fantasy championship, make the playoffs. This is for you. Every single day, I send you a tool that will help you do just that. You can see waiver wire tiers drop earlier in the week, rest of season rankings, projections and rankings for the upcoming week. So you know exactly who to get into your lineups and then the game by game matchup notes. Now here's an example of those game by game notes. And this is filtered by position. You can see the quarterback position, your matchup, you're going to have specifically how the quarterback's playing matchup against the offense versus defensive line pressure rates, what the secondary is doing, what the linebackers are doing. If you look at the wide receiver page, you'll see cornerback wide receiver matchups, what their weight advantages, what the cornerback has allowed this year per route, all of that stuff and more. They're probably the most detailed game notes that you'll find in the industry. And it's extremely easy to get. Over 4,000 people are currently using the blueprint. You just scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. And here's the deal. These are the two steps you'll follow to get it. It's just five bucks for the entire year. And if you don't make your fantasy playoffs, no question to ask, you'll get a hundred percent refund of that $5. You'll get it right back to you. This is risk-free. I want everybody, everybody to be able to use this tool. And if it doesn't work out for you, maybe even an injury, it doesn't matter. You'll get your five bucks back. But the goal is that you will make your fantasy playoffs. So again, to get access to this information and join the thousands of other fellas currently using it to win their leagues, scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. Now the next man up is Devin Singletary. And I have to remind you about him. We talked about him last week, but now he's coming out of the bye week. And some people might've forget the major change we saw before the bye last week. We saw Devin Singletary lead the backfield over Damian Pierce in snaps, routes run so his passing game usage and overall running back opportunities his targets and touches and you can see that right here he was basically playing backup snaps weeks four 37 percent of the snaps weeks five 29 percent then majority of the snaps 52 percent sees 40 percent of the rush attempts 50 percent of the routes all of this was more usage than damian pierce and singletary was productive on this usage 13 touches for 62 yards is solid in real life now for fantasy he doesn't find the end zone he only has one catch so it's not the greatest but it was a tough matchup against the saints and the most pressing point to call out is his head coach after the game said yes the reason why we had more success on the ground in this game was because of Devin Singletary in a multiple backfield situation, not Damian Pierce. And more importantly, late in the game is where they leaned on Singletary more, showing that they had confidence in him. Singletary played nine of 13 fourth quarter snaps compared to just two for Damian Pierce. Now they're coming out of the bye week. And look, we don't know what happened during the bye week. We just know the great news we got for Singletary before. And now you're hoping that his role gets expanded during the bye week or stays consistent, worth an ad available in over 70% of leagues. Now this next guy I want to talk about is similar to Michael Mayer in terms of he didn't do much this past week but in previous weeks and his underlying usage it continues to be good and that would be Jamison Williams so if you look at his game log he scored zero points this past week but the underlying usage continued to get better now here's the past few games in week five he comes out he plays 50 percent runs 50 percent of the routes but then in week six in a blowout where they don't really need him and they don't pass all that much in the second half just 19 percent of the routes but this past game it goes back up to 45 percent of the routes with Marvin Jones out and look although he didn't light up the scoreboards Jamison Williams went out there he ran 33 routes which was actually tied with Antone Green of all people who's a seventh round rookie but he operated basically as a wide receiver three a downfield option kind of like a Jalen Hyatt for the Giants but look at this six targets obviously Amon Ross St. Brown led the team with targets 19 crazy but six targets for Jamison Williams a lot of them being down
downfield. These will eventually lead to some big plays. This is just a brutal matchup against the Ravens and a brutal showing by the Lions offense. And if you don't know who Jamison Williams is, he had over 1,500 yards his final year of college. Last year when he was a rookie, he was banged up and then he gets hit with a gambling suspension. So it's kind of been all up and down for him. But now the kid is back. He's not somebody I wanted you to draft in your fantasy leagues because he hasn't done anything now and we're entering week eight. But from this point of the season on, he does have a lot of upside that he possesses for this offense downfield. So if you have a bench spot or you can throw like a Kyron Williams in your IR, now you just have an open spot. He's somebody you can stash. Now, another player who you can stash, who finally the rookie ended up getting going here. We're talking about rookie tight ends. How about that? Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, obviously Sam Laporta having a great season. Hopefully Luke Musgrave's healthy after an injury, but Dalton Kincaid having by far his best game of the year. Kincaid goes out there and catches 100% of his targets against a New England Patriots team that you can definitely beat in the secondary. Eight catches, 75 yards. We finally got to see the guy that we were getting hyped up all off season and all from college. His underlying usage didn't get all that crazy increase, but maybe now it will change as he has more games under his belt and he was just productive. He played just 43 of, of 71 potential snaps. So this wasn't elite usage. It was kind of in line with where he's been all year, a little bit of a bump up playing over 60% of the snaps. And if you're not familiar, Dalton Kincaid was somebody that was considered maybe the most athletic tight end in this draft class and best pass catcher. That's why he was taken in the first round. A reminder, the Bills traded up for him in the first round after all the elite receivers were gone and they wanted a playmaker. He had 70 catches, 890 yards, earned 22% of the targets. Again, this is not a wide receiver. If this was a wide receiver, it'd be solid production. This is a tight end, which makes it great production because the guy can also block. So he's a great stash in deeper leagues. And if you really need a tight end, where the first, like outside of the first top six names this year, none of them are really producing. He's somebody that, hey, you just saw the production. Maybe now it's going to increase more in a good offense. You should add him. Now a tight end, I'm not as thrilled to add, but we have to at least mention the changing in usage here is Trey McBride of the Cardinals. Not thrilled to add him because of Joshua Dobbs, because of the Cardinals, and because Trey McBride just hasn't been all that great, at least to start his NFL career. But like I mentioned, we're seeing a little bit of change in usage here. You see weeks four and five, barely involved as the Zach Ertz show for the first month of the season, but week six, 48% of the routes. He basically splits the overall routes and splits the snaps with Ertz. And as a second year tight end that they spent an early round pick on last year in the draft, we were expecting to see this to start the season from Zach Ertz coming off of injury, but Ertz just has not gone away. Now in week seven, it wasn't a great game for Trey McBride, three catches, 26 yards, but he continued to see his snaps and routes increase and he earned six targets in this game. So it's worth mentioning. And the only reason we're holding out hope for Trey McBride, because look, he's hasn't done anything in the NFL. It's all about what he did his final year of college because he was able to produce one of the best seasons we've ever seen for a tight end ever in college football. His final year at Colorado State has 134 targets in 12 games. So about 11 targets per game, over 1,100 yards, has a 34% target share. This is like, this would be one of the best receivers in college football for a season and he was a tight end. So this is what we're holding out hope for. Kyler potentially coming back soon. The team wants to see him according to Jay Glazer, the younger guy getting more usage over the older guy in terms of Trey McBride over Zach Ertz. Somebody you can stash of some of these other tight ends that we talked about are gone and we can talk about his teammate who was driving people nuts because he was a popular waiver ad for week six and then only had two carries amari demarcado in the cardinals backfield but then the backfield completely flips again this past week because demarcado sees all the usage he sees all the usage basically takes keontae ingram's role from the previous week plays 53 of 66 snaps this is not just good usage for a running back in terms of how often they're on the field this is fantastic usage seeing 82 percent of the snaps and 94 percent of the running back opportunities so your targets and your carries 94 percent compared to just six percent for damian williams now this led to an okay game that not a lot of people probably got to benefit from 75 yards on 17 touches 18 opportunities with the five targets a solid overall usage game from him in a 
tough matchup against Seattle, but like I said, a ton of people, virtually everybody dropped him after he did nothing after being a hot waiver ad the week before. So if you're in a bind this week, which maybe you're not because all the teams are back from bye for week eight, there's no bye weeks, but who knows? Maybe you got some injuries. You got the, the David Montgomery, the Kyron Williams injury, like I do in some leagues. If you need a stash or a guy for a week or two, it could be him. So now we'll get into a list of even more ads and we can start at the wide receiver position. I don't really want Juwan Jennings. I know Debo Samuel's out for potentially a couple of weeks. I think they're just going to filter all of that through now the other three remaining elite options in Kittle, Ayuk, and McCaffrey. Kendrick Bourne is somebody that you should be adding. Had a yet again another great game. Six catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. By far the number one receiver on this team, even when Juju Smith-Schuster comes back. If you have the extra space, I think it's not a terrible idea to add Jonathan Mingo, a second-round receiver coming out of the bye week. Bye week, sometimes you see the rookies get a big bump in usage, and he ran 95% of the routes before the bye. Maybe they work on some things with the offense, get Bryce Young going consistently a little bit more. We've seen him play better the last few weeks. Somebody potentially worth an ad for you. And at the running back position, I think Jeff Wilson should be added in more than just 54% of leagues. He's going to have a role going forward definitely more. If you scroll a little bit more, Joshua Kelly had the big touchdown. You saw Austin Eckler get banged up. He was dropped in a bunch of leagues, Kelly, because even when Eckler was out, he wasn't producing. Somebody worth an ad in 23% as we track this news. We talked about Jaleel McLaughlin. Talked about a lot of these guys. Justice Hill, the clear backup, that's the concern. Having some big plays, but just a clear, clear backup, even late in the game when the team's up 30 points on the lines this past week, it's still Gus Edwards getting the carries, which is a concern. Latavius Murray, I do think is worth an ad here. He's somebody that you have to call out because he's seeing all the passing game work in the two-minute offense lately. You saw more snaps, 75% of snaps for James Cook this past week in terms of handling the opportunities. Um, so that's not as good for Murray, but it was a two-headed backfield for the first time this year. It's been a three-headed backfield the whole season with Damian Harris hurt. They're trusting Murray in some key situations, especially around the goal line and red zone. Somebody that you can stash. And this is, again, deeper leagues, probably 12-man leagues with deep benches, 14-man league type stuff. And the same goes for this next running back. Might even be just like a 14 to 16-man league or if deep benches in a 12-man league. It's Chris Rodriguez, who for the second straight week has seen significant usage in this past game, believe it or not, led the team in rushing. Seven carries, 31 yards. You can drop Antonio Gibson. Brian Robinson's still the main guy here, but they like Chris Rodriguez. They have claimed that they had an early round grade on him, not a second, but a third round pick on him, and they got him later. So though, I think they're going to probably use him because they view him as a much better player than what their draft capital where they got him indicates. We already talked about a bunch of tight ends in this video, but if all the guys are taken in your league and you're in a sickle league, maybe Kate Otten's available who just had another nice game, caught five of six targets for the Bucks. And it wouldn't be a salvatory video without telling you to add Tajay Spears coming out of the bye week if he's still available. This offense is atrocious, but he's one of the few playmakers who has a lot of bursts and continues to play over the majority of the snaps. 50% of the snaps are more in five of six games. And if anything happens to Derrick Henry, which knock on wood, it doesn't, this guy is going to instantly be a top 15 to top 20 back with ease. So this is everything you need to know heading into week eight for your waiver wire to schmack around your competition. But the waiver wire is just one way to improve your team. The other way is through trades. And this video right here, once it's out later in the week, we'll show you exactly who you should be targeting before next week's games. And here's the deal. If you made it to this point in the video, you probably like this channel. So make sure you're not one of the 67% of people who are not subscribed to the channel. It takes two seconds, hit the subscribe button. It helps me out as we push towards 100,000 subscribers and allows you, the beautiful person, to see my future content.